0: the modern history of africa was until very recently been written on behalf of the indigenous races by the white man who had forcefully entered the continent during a particularly hubristic and dynamic phase of european history in eighteen eighty four prince otto von bismarck the german chancellor brought the plenipotentiaries of all major powers of europe together to deal with africa's colonization in such a manner as to avoid provocation of war This event, known as the Berlin Conference of 1884-85, galvanized a phenomenon that came to be known as the Scramble for Africa. The conference established two fundamental rules for European seizure of Africa. The first of these was that no recognition of annexation would be granted without evidence of a practical occupation, and the second, that a practical occupation would be deemed unlawful without a formal appeal for protection made on behalf of a territory by its leader a plea that must be committed to paper in the form of a legal treaty. This began a rush, spearheaded mainly by European commercial interests, in the form of chartered companies to penetrate the African interior and woo its leadership with guns, trinkets and alcohol, and having thus obtained their marks or seals upon spurious treaties, begin establishing boundaries of future European African colonies. The ease with which this was achieved was due to the fact that, at that point, traditional African leadership was disunited, and the people had just staggered back from centuries of concussion inflicted by the slave trade. Thus, to usurp authority, to intimidate an already broken society, and to play one leader against the other was a diplomatic task so childishly simple the matter was wrapped up for the most part in less than a decade. There were some exceptions to this, however, the most notable of which was perhaps the Zulu nation, a centralized monarchy of enormous military prowess that required a British colonial war, the much-storied Anglo-Zulu War of 1879, to effect pacification. Another was the Ama Ndebele, an offshoot of the Zulu, established as early as the 1830s in the southeastern quarter of what would become Rhodesia and, later still, Zimbabwe in the future both were powerful centralized monarchies fortified by an organized and aggressive professional army subdivided into regiments and owing fanatical loyalty to the crown the zulu were not dealt with by treaty and their history is perhaps the subject of another episode in this series but the ama ndebele were and early european treaty and concession gatherers were required to tread with great caution as they entered their lands it would be a long time before the inevitable course of history forced the Ama and Debeli to submit to European domination. Although treaties and British gunboat diplomacy played a role, it was ultimately war, conquest, and defeat in battle that brought the Ama and Debeli to heel. Despite this, the Ama and Debeli, notwithstanding their eventual military defeat, commanded enormous respect from the British. This was also true with the Zulu. The British were a martial nation themselves, and they saw the concept of the noble savage as the romance of a bygone age, offering up the esteem due to a ruling aristocracy, according to the rules of chivalry. With the defeat of the and Debeli in 1893, in a war that has come to be known as the Matabili War, agents of the British South Africa Company, as they assumed full administrative control of the territory, also established a rule of lionizing the and Debeli it became fashionable to mythologize the ama Dabelli's noble origins their courage and virtuosity in battle and their incorruptible adherence to the spartan code of war